Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. There's no perfect way to cover a story like this, so I hope you'll bear with us. We're conditioned to see uh, situations on the football field. You know, a normal injury, a player goes down, teammates gather, take a knee, sometimes an ambulance comes on the field. But when you see players, I, being on the sidelines before, if there was ever an injury, a player's reaction would always tell me what that injury was, how serious that injury was. And that's when I knew it was a serious situation, watching teammates even the Bengals reacting to what happened last night with DeMar Hamlin. We have an update. This is the only update I have. And uh, it came early, early this morning. The Bills giving an update on DeMar Hamlin. He suffered a cardiac arrest following the hit in the game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field, transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment, currently sedated, listed in critical condition. Whatever information we give you, we'll provide you, we'll provide uh, perspective. We will reach out to the appropriate guests if we can get those guests on. But uh, we will cover the totality of everything that happened last night because it was a football matchup that we had long been waiting for. It's the Bengals and the Bills, playoff ramifications, standalone game here. And then what happened in the first quarter changed all of that. But there's still the fallout from this. Obviously, DeMar Hamlin's health. And then you have to start looking at, is this game going to be a tie? What do you do with this in the standings? It is important. And the NFL has to look at this as well. We will show the sensitivity that is needed. At least, I hope we will. And uh, if you're with us, however long you're with us, please understand we are covering sports today. You tune in to listen to us cover sports and there are other sports to cover. There's also, you know, what this means for the playoffs for these two teams. Can they play again? Could they somehow play this game? It's so late in the season, but there's a lot, you know, it's, it moves on. You went to work today. You might be going to school today. Life goes on and, and we'll try to approach it that way. But when I started, when I watched and I saw the hit, and it didn't look like much. And all of a sudden, when DeMar Hamlin got up and then went back down, 
And then all of a sudden, I started to look at the reaction from the Buffalo Bills players. And I thought, okay, did he suffer a concussion? Because we're so accustomed to that. It's like, oh, okay, that's the game. Then you take a knee. Doctors come out. Ambulance comes out. But when they started to perform CPR, that's when it hit. And what happens in the TV truck, just so you know, they know the sensitivity of it. And then you start to take the wide shots. And, and therefore, you know, you don't want to see the close-ups of what's going on. And then Joe and uh, Troy went to commercial break. And then they came back and then they went to commercial break. I knew we were in trouble then. I knew that there was something really serious there. But you're watching this and they couldn't add anything. And, you know, you have all these players. They've never experienced anything like this. Yes, players get injured. Ambulance comes on the field. I mean, how many times do we see this? Somebody gets injured, uh, they cart them off, gives a thumbs up, and we're like, okay, let's play football again. We're just conditioned for that. We're conditioned for, well, that's just a, a number down there who got injured. That's, oh, he's got a name on his back. And then we move on. That's what the sport is. The game starts. Then the game didn't start back up. And then you started to wonder, how long can you wait? Should you wait? Can you cancel it? Uh, what role do the coaches play in this? The captains play in this? The NFL in this? And yes, you do have a 24-year-old man who's on the field on his way to the hospital. And we don't even know if he's going to survive. So there was so much that's thrown in there. And trying to sort through all of it, make sense of it, you know, that's the challenge. Trying to do this to make sure that you're sensitive and fair, but also you have to cover the totality of the NFL and everything else that happened last night in sports. And we'll try to do that. Uh, phone calls, always welcome. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. I've been doing this a long time, and I, I worked the night that Hank Gathers passed away. Now, that was not on national TV, and it was the West Coast Conference Tournament. Hank Gathers, Loyola Marymount, they were a wonderful, wonderful team. And Hank was one of the great players in college basketball, but he had heart issues. He had missed time earlier that year, got clearance to play, went up for a dunk, retreated, collapsed, and died. And I remember doing SportsCenter, but I, I, I didn't come on. I wasn't doing the game. It was later that night, and we're covering it for SportsCenter. And we weren't quite sure what happened with Hank Gathers. There was still hope, and then he passed away. But, you know, you're trying to figure out. And, and you know, I, I could only imagine what it was like in that truck for ESPN, Monday Night Football with Joe and Troy, Lisa Salters on the field, you know, going back to the studio with Susie. Uh, I thought Booger McFarland did a wonderful job. It's like, no, let's cancel. We're not playing football. And he was right. But now what? Because we do move on. We will move on. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Uh, we're not going to have a poll question today, but 
we'll try to do the show uh, in the structure of what you've come to expect here, and we'll do our best. Any updates that we have on uh, DeMar Hamlin? Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, I, I think what you said there is really uh, your, your condition. When we were sitting there uh, speaking for the Danettes watching the game, you're sitting there and you're waiting for good news from Troy and good news from Buck, and it just never happened. Um, we do have sponsors to mention here. So once again, uh, stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the uh, DP show. And uh, Mercedes, by the way, we're giving away a sprinter van as we did last year. And uh, you can go to danpatrick.com, sign up for that. I mean, it all seems so meaningless, but... Um, We'll do our best. Yes, he. It's crazy. You just mentioned before about how we're sort of preconditioned to certain responses. Like, uh, you know, all right, somebody's taken off on a card, and I hope they're not paralyzed. Third down. Yeah. You know, you just keep going. The, as soon as that hit happened last night, and I, I saw Demar Hamlin hit the ground, and his hands went up. I was like, oh, fencing response. That's it's crazy that that's just even part of our language. I had never heard of that until. Uh, I don't know, probably Tua. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, but now it's just part of like, oh, fencing response. It didn't even, you know, it registers as, well, he's getting taken out of the game. It's just because it's the sport and what we've become accustomed to. And it's just like, okay, we move on. And now the game continues. But I want to know, I'm, I'm interested in knowing the role that the coaches and the captains played last night because I'm guessing from just body language wise, and I do have a call into a, a source on this, that the coaches and the captains got together and said, we're not playing football. And I don't know what the NFL's role is. I don't know what they said, because I know that Joe Buck said four times last night, hey, they're going to get a five minute warning to be able to come back. I don't know who told Joe that the NFL said they didn't. I get the feeling, and, 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 and if, it's, if it's true that the, the coaches and the players got together and said, we're not playing football, then that was the right move. Some of the Bills players stayed in Cincinnati. But now we move forward. Yes, he's in a hospital bed. Critical condition. Now what happens? Players going back to Buffalo. They got a game this weekend. What do you do with this game? You got practice. I mean, once again, life goes on for all of us today. No matter what has happened in our life, we have to move forward with this. And the Buffalo Bills are going to have to do this. And the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have to do this. And I don't know what the NFL decides. I don't know what kind of contingency plans. But I'm thankful they canceled the game because it was the right move. Yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, I think the league was in a tricky spot there yeah. um, because, right, there are logistical things to 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 think about, right? Uh, certainly time of the season, which sounds insensitive to say, but it's it's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it took the it took the ambulance 30 minutes to leave, you know, so I, once they kept coming back from commercial break and the ambulance was still on the field, I thought they were trying to save his life. Mm. Because they weren't, there was no reason to go to the hospital. 
if they weren't going to save his life or at least get some vital signs. That was the feeling I had. Yes, he And especially the player reaction. Yes. That changed over time where, like you said, I mean, if we're preconditioned to understand these things, the players definitely know, um, okay, somebody's hurt. Let's get down on one knee. Let's get in there. Positive thoughts for our brother, and then we'll get back to the game. But as that changed and you saw the reaction of players, you certainly – Got the idea pretty quickly. It was way more serious. Yeah, 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 Paul. Right after the ambulance left, it was it was very murky of what was going to happen. Were they going to start playing again? You saw Joe Burrow was out there throwing the ball to stay loose or stay warmer for whatever reason. Then Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, walked over to the other sidelines, which I've never seen before during a football game and under any circumstances. And he's they start talking and covering their mouths. And you're like, okay, they're deciding what's going to happen here or what, yeah. at least for the next 20 minutes, what they're going to do with their team. Moments after that, they went to the, the locker rooms. And I'm wondering if the NFL said, you know, hey, get ready. We're going to resume this game. And maybe the coaches and the captain said, no, we're not playing. And, and if that's the case, I'm glad because it was the right call. There was, there, was no, there was no need to be thinking about football in that moment last time. So once again, the update, this is according – to the Buffalo Bills that uh, DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest, uh, heartbeat restored on the field, and uh, he's at the UC Medical Center uh, undergoing further testing and treatment. Uh, He is sedated and listed in critical condition. There were a lot of people doing a lot of great work last night. One was Joe Daneman. He is the uh, sports director at Fox 19 in Cincinnati. He was on the field, and uh, he was... He was behind the scenes covering this, tweeting about it, and uh, he'll join us coming up next. We'll take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mentioned working the night that Hank Gathers uh, collapsed and passed away with a Loyola Mount, uh, Marymount basketball game. They didn't have a defibrillator there. Now it's in every basketball arena. That was 32 years ago that that happened. And a lot of medical personnel on the field last night did a wonderful job and saved his life or at least prolonged his life. And uh, there are 20 close to 20 medical uh, personnel that uh, were attending to him in that moment. And the NFL having their procedure worked last night. And, uh, to, you know, to be in that moment administering CPR. And it also brought to mind Chuck Hughes was a Detroit Lions uh, wide receiver, tight end. And I think he he died on the field. And... Uh, might have been in the end zone, but I, I just, I, you know, it was kind of foggy last night as I'm just thinking, oh, my God, I, like, what is going on? And I, I immediately thought of that night of Hank Gathers. And then I thought Chuck Hughes back in 1970 for the Detroit Lions. Also, Carson Palmer said something. This is a roundtable discussion that was uh, with Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, Tony Romo, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. This is... I think 2009, Peter King had a uh, Monday morning quarterback column. And Carson Palmer says, guys are getting so big, so fast, so explosive. The game is so violent. And uh, now that they're cutting out the wedge deal on kickoff returns, these guys are coming free. And at some point, somebody's going to die in football. That's Carson Palmer, 2009. There were a lot of people doing a lot of great work last night covering this, and uh, one is the uh, sports director for Fox 19, Joe Daneman, who joins us now. Joe, thanks for joining us. I know you're short on sleep, but where were you when uh, this tackle took place? So, Dan, I was on the sideline near the end zone, and when the tackle took place, you mentioned it, the medical staffs for the two teams. That was what was most alarming to me was the urgency with what they hit the field. And, uh, you know, we often see injuries on the field, but you don't see this kind of urgency from medical staffs, the way they ran to DeMar, the way they ripped open the medical equipment, the way they started working on him immediately. From my vantage point, I could see them doing chest compressions. And at that point, that's when you started to see the teams gather around him and you started to lose your vantage point to that. But they also administered an AED. They shocked him twice on the field. You talked about the process the NFL has and having AEDs on the field there and that was part of the process they used. But what was striking to me was the reaction from the players. And look, whenever we see someone with a head injury or a spinal injury in the NFL, and that's part of the game, we understand that. We wait for some kind of positivity from the player 
or the players around them, maybe a thumbs up. We're all waiting for that kind of moment. When you saw players turn away and, and cover their face with their jerseys or cover their face with their hands, you knew right then this was different and something we had never experienced before. Yeah, I'd mentioned that having been on the sidelines for a variety of things, I usually look at the players. The players will tell you if a player is seriously hurt. And that's when I knew that you know this was really, really serious. When did you start to get a sense of what was going to happen with the game itself? Once they told the teams to go inside and they had not yet postponed it, at that point they had suspended it, you could see the reaction from the players that this was not a team equipped emotionally to go back on a field and play a football game within a few minutes. And to kind of give you an idea of what was happening, as the players walked back into the tunnel, Dan, towards their locker room, they could still see the ambulance that was waiting in the parking lot because they were waiting for DeMar's mother to make it down from the stands to ride with him to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. So they could still see the ambulance he was in at the end of the tunnel before it left. And you could just tell from the looks on the faces and the emotion from the players, they were not going to play this game. Within a matter of minutes, Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, came over to their locker room to meet with Sean McDermott. The referees were there and we had a good clue then that there was no way they were playing this game at that point. Did you have any idea that who was making this decision? Because there, there's conflicting reports of the teams were told you got five minutes. Joe Buck said this, I think, four times on the broadcast. The NFL, uh, Troy Vincent said, no, that was not the case. I didn't know what role the coaches, the captains played in this. Uh, can you sort any of that out for us? As far as what the NFL and their involvement, I can't. I can tell you the referees, Zach Taylor, Sean McDermott, and members of the front office with the Buffalo Bills were outside of the Bills locker room discussing this pretty quickly after the announcement of the suspension of the game. So to me, that was a signal that they were there amongst each other talking about this. Sean McDermott didn't last long in that meeting. He was out there very briefly and then he went back inside the locker room to be with his team. But Zach Taylor, other members of the Bengals coaching staff were there with the referees discussing, obviously, deciding to postpone this game. But as far as the NFL's involvement in it, from where I was and my vantage point, I, I don't know how much involvement they had at that point. How much confusion was going on? Not much, quite honestly, okay. um, because um, there, there was... To me, the confusion was why why was the ambulance still in the parking lot? Look, we, we had the player on the field for, for nine minutes with the chest compressions and the AED and, and the players having to watch this. And a lot of times, Dan, you'll see guys go up to a player as they're leaving a field or, or being lifted into an ambulance or lifted up onto a stretcher, go up there and tap them and, and dap them up and make sure he's okay and they know they have his support. Those guys were told to stay back. So that was different right there. But once they'd announced it, that the suspension of the game was going to happen, it was very organized. The guys went back into the locker room. Both teams stayed in their locker rooms for a long time. It wasn't until they announced the actual postponement of the game that we saw some of the Bengals players then make their way from the Bengals locker room down to the Bills locker room. That included team captains. That included Joe Burrow, who made his way to the Bills locker room. In fact, we saw Josh Allen then go to the Bengals locker room as well to meet with some of their players because the Bills stayed in Cincinnati at Paycor Stadium for a long time. I mean, this happened in the nine o'clock hour. They didn't leave. The buses didn't leave the stadium until 1230. So those guys were there for a long time just to be around each other, to comfort each other in any way they could. And I think you see this fraternity of football players, right, where, look, I'm sure there are Bengals players who played with him at some point, played against him or or with him at some point in the pre-draft process. So I'm sure a lot of guys in the Bengals locker room knew him. Not only the Bills were feeling this, but the Bengals players as well. 
any sense of how many Buffalo Bills players went to the hospital? No, I know Stefan Diggs was the one player that was the high-profile player that did go there. As far as outside of him, I don't know of other players that went to the hospital. Any idea, uh, or the Bengals have any idea of an update on what's going to happen uh, with the possibility of playing this game, or how does it end? Yeah, that's a great question. That's something right now that I've been told by the team will be handled by the league at this point. Um, Obviously, it's a very unique situation because we all understood. And that's the weird part about this, Dan, was this was supposed to be the showcase of everything that's going great right here in Cincinnati now. With this football team playing great football, the Bills being the team that the Bengals are competing with, trying to get that number one seed. So you have this joy and excitement of what's happening on Monday night football. And then this happens, and it's this emotional dichotomy of, of joy and excitement to sadness and curiosity of what's happening. But as far as what's going to happen with the game at this point, we have not been given any information from the Cincinnati Bengals what they're going to do with this game against the Bills. Do you think the Bengals expect the Bengals will show up for practice? Were they, or it was Tuesday going to be an off day for them? Tuesday's a dark day for the Bengals. They, they don't show up for practice today. There was uh, no scheduled media availability today. They were supposed to be back in the building tomorrow for practice, uh, for normal media availability. That will be released later today. If they're going to change that, what they're going to do, because, um, look, we obviously all are curious and worried and hopeful for DeMar. Uh, but at some point, we we have to figure out what's going to happen with yeah. the rest of this football season, because there's a lot of stuff on the line here with, with the Bengals and the Bills and the Chiefs and the AFC and and going forward. I just I don't know how how these guys handle this emotionally. I'll, I'll share another anecdote with you, Dan. We were outside of the Bengals locker room. They moved all the media out of the tunnels and away from the locker room. There is a second exit from the Bengals locker room and we could see Bengals wide receiver T Higgins. If you remember, he was involved with the play. He caught the pass. He was the guy that Hamlin was trying to tackle when he fell to the ground, popped up and collapsed. And and T's mom was there, and T's mom was waiting for him outside of the locker room. They shared an emotional moment, and he walked off. So, again, you know, it's not just the Bills dealing with this. There are there are Bengals players who have never seen anything like this before trying to deal with it as well. Great job, Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. No problem. Joe Daneman, sports director for Fox 19 in uh, Cincinnati. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, NFL insider and contributor to Football Night in America. Don't have any update so far. Um, Has the NFL or Buffalo Bills said that uh, when they could provide a further update on, uh, on his health, Mike? The last update that we've seen, Dan, 1.48 a.m. from the Buffalo Bills explaining that DeMar Hamlin had cardiac arrest, heartbeat was restored, and is at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center sedated and in critical condition. There's been no further update from that. Jordan Rooney, a marketing representative and a friend of DeMar Hamlin and the Hamlin family, was making the rounds this morning, Good Morning America and elsewhere, saying they're taking it minute by minute at this point, confirming he is sedated and doctors continue to evaluate and treat DeMar Hamlin. The NFL's reaction to this as far as the game itself, what kind of time frame do you think the NFL is under to let us know, is this a a tie? Um, Can they play this game, the importance of it? There was a conference call held just after midnight And Jeff Miller, the NFL's chief spokesperson, said that there will be a conversation at the appropriate time about the game, that that's currently not a consideration. The reality, though, is time is passing as we await the appropriate time. And I agree it's not the appropriate time for the NFL to make any decisions. But four days from now, the Week 18 games begin. Five days from now, the Bills are due to play a team other than the Bengals, the Patriots. The Bengals are due to play the Ravens. So at some point, decisions will make themselves. And Dan, I see two possibilities here. I hadn't thought of declaring the game a tie. My thought was, number one, you play Bills-Bengals this weekend, 
bump week 18 back, wipe out the two-week break between the conference championships and the Super Bowl like they did back in 2001, where week two was taken out and tacked on to the end of the season. The two-week bye was eliminated. That's one possibility. Mm -hmm. The other possibility would be to say, game's not going to be played. Bills and Bengals play 16. Playoff positioning will be based on winning percentage. They were ready to do that in 2020 during the pandemic when they assumed there would be canceled games, and there just weren't. The other reality, though, Dan, is when will these players be ready to play? Yeah. The top concern is DeMar Hamlin. The secondary concern is the mental health of the players who witnessed it. Think of the trauma that the rest of us experienced seeing it through TV. If you were there on the field and you experienced it firsthand, lived it firsthand. When will you be ready to play football again? I don't know the answer to that question. And I think right now, nobody knows the answer to that question. That is something that the NFL needs to take up again at the appropriate time. And we don't know when the appropriate time will be. Speaking of the game, the NFL, uh, kind of the time lapse of where they're going to play, where they're going to come back. Uh, Joe Buck mentioned four times that you're going to get a five five-minute warm-up period, and then come back and play. The NFL said, no, that's not the case. Uh, why the miscommunication between the NFL and what ESPN was reporting? Dan, the best I can glean from this, because Troy Vincent, the executive VP of football operations on the conference call I mentioned earlier, was very, very clear. He said, I don't know where that came from, and it's insensitive, it's ridiculous to even have that out there. Now, it's possible that standard procedure when there is an injury that stops the game for a certain period of time, that there's a minimal amount of time that goes by that they'll say the teams get five minutes to get ready to resume, that that someone was operating off of that manual until they realized we're dealing with a situation for which there was no precedent, there is no manual, and that became the right solution. So they got to the right place, and it may just be as folks were trying to do the best they could along the way, someone thought that that would be the procedure that would be implemented, but it became abundantly clear that the teams were not in a position that they could continue last night, and the NFL made the right decision at the end of the day. But I wonder, did the NFL make this decision, or did the head coaches and the captains make this decision that they weren't ready to play football? Because it felt like they were passing the phone around. You saw the two head coaches conferring. The NFL rep is there. I, I get the sense that maybe it was the quarterbacks and coaches who said, we're not playing football. What do you think? What was said last night by Troy Vincent was he was basically the point person communicating by phone with the referee for the game, Sean Smith, who was talking to the coaches. Troy Vincent speaking with the coaches. Troy Vincent speaking with Commissioner Roger Goodell and also NFL Players Association Executive Director Demora Smith. And they got to that point. Now, look, at, if the players just can't play, then somebody needs to be the, the first one to say, Hey, NFL, we just can't do this because the system is set up, Dan. And this this is where the unprecedented nature of this, I think, is, is most clearly crystallized. Players get injured all the time. The NFL is one giant football machine consisting of interchangeable parts. And we've heard next man up for years. So somebody gets injured, that person is replaced, and the game goes on. All sorts of various different types and, and magnitudes of injury. 
This is the first time that the injury created an event so horrifying that the players could not continue. Mm -hmm. The coaches could not continue. The game could not continue. And, and again, there's no manual. There's no precedent. Next time it happens, and God forbid it doesn't happen anytime soon, if ever, there will be a precedent that can be drawn upon. But this was the creation of the precedent, and I think that's why there may be some miscommunication, misunderstanding. You would expect misunderstanding at a time like this when people are struggling to understand what's happening. So uh, somebody had to be the one to say, I don't think we can do it. And the coaches and the quarterbacks, the team leaders, would be the ones in the best position to, to be the ones to say that. Talking to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. I was also wondering about DeMar Hamlin's tackle on T. Higgins. Because you're taught now you can't lead with your the crown of your helmet. Like, the, the tackle was different. That, you know, he kind of tackled him with his chest. He took the hit there. I, I don't know if these defensive backs now are conditioned that they have to learn how to tackle differently. And I don't know if that impacted this at all because he took the brunt of T. Higgins' helmet to his chest. Yeah, you know, Dan, that's a good point. But the thing that I drew from it, I didn't notice anything that seemed out of the ordinary. Yeah. As we now are conditioned to watch defensive players tackle receivers because we don't see... What we used to see all the time, the hit last Monday night by Derwin James of the Chargers on mm. Ashton Doolin of the Colts, that was commonplace. We see it now, and we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. So the game has changed, and with the concern about head and neck injuries, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that there are all sorts of other ways that you can get seriously injured playing football. The head and the neck are the most common concern now. But Chris Sims almost died in 2006 because he had a ruptured spleen that wasn't detected until after the game ended, and he'd been hit multiple times by various Carolina Panthers defensive players, and he almost died, not on the field, in the locker room, on the way to the hospital, at the hospital from blood loss. But um, it's, there, there are plenty of other serious injuries you can have when you play football at any level, and last night underscores that. All right. Once again, uh, if we get an update on DeMar Hamlin, we will certainly pass that on to you. There's other football to talk about with Mike Florio. The Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL, does it feel real? You know, I'm, I mean, Dan, I'll be candid with you. I've quit thinking about everything else right now, and that's okay. a decision that – each individual has to make, but I don't care about Jim Harbaugh right now. Okay. I, I really don't. We're not covering anything else until this DeMar Hamlin thing is resolved. All right. Mike, thank you. We appreciate your time. All right, Dan. That's uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, NFL insider with uh, Football Night in America. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.